Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you? I am very well, thanks. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'm surrounded by rugby uh, T-shirts today. I've got an Irish one in sight and I've got a Scottish one in sight. Uh, and Sean is wearing the, the Irish one um, after his pretty successful game at the weekend for his team. Yes, very, very good weekend. It's a good start. They played very well. They should have probably scored a lot more. Wales were, and I can say this because Tom's not here, crap. Um, <laughs> they, they were, I was almost disappointed by how poor they were, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy and I look forward to beating you next. You won't. <laughs> uh, we've also got Coops along with us today. Uh, he's wearing the blue Scottish uh, rugby top just to try and wind me up. Uh, I don't need to wind you up. We've done that on Saturday. <laughs> Two years in a row. Such a close game, though, on Saturday. You were very lucky, I think, with that penalty uh, try. But we won't go too much into the rugby. We won't go too much into the rugby. But we have also got another a newbie uh, to the team, uh, Elise. Hi, Elise. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm very good. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, what kind of experience are you bringing to the team? How, how much... How long have you been watching Formula One and what, what's your experience of motorsport in general? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm 18, so not much experience, but I've been watching it with my family for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. it's what I'm surrounded by. It's what I'm planning to study at university next year. So hopefully hopefully, I bring some technical knowledge with the, the engineering side of it. But Excellent. Okay, well, well, we look forward to having you on the podcast a bit more and uh, hearing your opinions. It's always good to have a fresh uh, look and a fresh opinion on things. Um, because we're well, three of us are old fogies, uh, and we've got Oi. probably uh, <laughs> we've probably got different opinions to you, and it'll be good to have a variety of those opinions on the up and coming season. Um, so, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about uh, the teams and the drivers within the teams. Uh, we're going to just talk about them, their head to head, and what we, what we expect from them uh, from this coming year. Uh, we're going to talk about the new drivers, and, and then obviously the. the drivers that have swapped teams uh, and then we're going to just touch on the news that's happened over the past week uh, and there have been a few interesting stories uh, that we can uh, expand on uh, but first we are obviously everything f1 you can find us on all social media platforms we're on facebook twitter instagram and youtube uh, we've also got a discord server and you can find us on our shiny new website www.everythingf1.com please visit there take a read of all of our lovely articles and click on some ads uh, if you want to help support us. 
we are also on this podcast itself. You are listening to us. If you could do us a favor and hit the bell to subscribe to the podcast, you'll get all of our latest uh, podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Okay, so let's chat about the drivers this year. Uh, we're going to start with the winners uh, of the last uh, Constructors' Championship, which were Mercedes. So we've got a, a brand new driver that's come up from uh, Williams, been promoted from Williams uh, in George Russell. And of course, we've got the old hand that we think is going to be still there uh, at the start of the season, Lewis Hamilton as well. We, I mean, we're, we're 99.9% sure he'll be there. Uh, after the drama, obviously, over the winter winter break. Coops, what are you yes. expecting from the Mercedes team this year? Uh, I'm hoping for a bit more reliability in their powered unit. Uh, it seemed to be their Achilles heel last season. Uh, and I'm looking for a, a number two driver in the Mercedes team that is actually able to do a decent race. You know, Bottas just couldn't... Once he got stuck in traffic, nine times out of ten, he gets stuck. He never moved anywhere. So, so you, you, do you think do you think George will be able to uh, kind of stamp his authority on the uh, on the on the Mercedes team and maybe come out in front of Hamilton uh, on some of the races? No, Mercedes aren't <laughs> going to let him do that. They'll let him so, get close. They'll let him think he can do it. And if there's a situation where they can't turn the cars round or swap them over, they'll let him do it. Otherwise, they won't. And, and Sean, Sean, do you agree with Coops in that in that sense? No, not uh, well. Yes and no. Yes, I think he's right in saying that they will try do that. No, George isn't going to listen to them. He just won't. Every, every and we've said this a couple of times on the podcast over the past, uh, you know, couple of kind of since last year. Um, that bring it back to to George in Hungary last year. You know, sacrifice me for Nikki. Completely different scenario. Williams needed that. Um, very, 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 very different. Um, I think now that he's there at the top, if he has a sniff at Lewis Hamilton, it's going to be 2014 all over again. He's not moving out of the way. He's not going to ignore team orders. He'll be, he'll be exactly like Lewis. Do you remember, uh, you know, 2016 in Abu Dhabi? Ah, it's fine. I'm, I'm in the lead here. I'm, I'm winning this race. I don't need to move over for Nico. It's going to be exactly the same. George is going to have all <laughs> the gloves off. He's not playing Mr. Nice Guy now that he's in that probably silver car. You, you may be right, uh, but I, I, I do have a feeling that he might yield uh, a few positions this year. Um, but we will find out, obviously, as the season progresses. Uh, Elise, I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Um, out of the two uh, drivers, do you, do you think George will play second fiddle to, to Hamilton this year? Do you think he'll kind of just maybe slowly introduce himself to the team um, for dominance maybe next year? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Mercedes are definitely going to try and set George up to be Hamilton's replacement, even whilst Hamilton's still around. I think 2022, they are probably going to stick him behind Lewis or make him try and make him do team orders. I don't think he'll listen all of the time. But yeah, I definitely think they're going to try and basically build Lewis 2.0 and George ready for when Lewis does retire in the year. Which could be in next year, it could be the year afterwards. Uh, he's got a two-year contract, two years left on his contract, I believe, isn't it, Coops? Um, yeah. Or is it one year, one year with an option for a, an additional year? Um, so yeah, you could be right. They could just be setting him up to, to kind of learn from Lewis um, on how to control a, a, a season, control kind of 
the pace of uh, of, a, of a season, uh, something like that could, could could work. Can you can you see uh, George standing on the top step uh, quite regularly though, Coops? I, I can see it, but I think that, that I mean, if you've got Lewis Hamilton in your team, you're putting him front and center, regardless who you are and regardless who the number two is. Like I say, I think I don't think George will be quite as uh, dominant in his opinions and he's at the start of the season you know maybe right. if it shakes out during the season that it's back to the Mercedes Russell against Hamilton for the title then I think you're going to see a Nico Rosberg Hamilton uh, 2.0 I think that at that point Russell's going to be like no I'm, I'm going for this uh, but I think he'll toe the line to start off with I think he'll he might be lulling them into a false sense of security as at least says I think Russell's the future of Mercedes so you know, they'll, they'll give them some, but they'll not give them at all. They'll let them know. Like, you can go, we, we, we're we putting the faith in you, but right now, you know, know your place. Your place is here. Uh, and uh, Hamilton's contract is up uh, end of 2023. There's yeah, no option. I thought that was 2023. Case. So I yeah. think, but, you know, Russell's had three years of bedding in at Williams. So, you know, it could go the other way. You could come in and be like, do you know what? No, I've had my time in Williams. I'm doing this. You know, and then we could have a good bit of fun. I, I think we've already seen kind of the 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 start of that. I mean, Sakir, I know it was up against Bottas, not Hamilton, and it might be a little bit different, but there was no semblance of Georgia not allowed to win this race because the incumbent driver has to come first. There was no sense mm-hmm. of Valtteri's here first, you're here to replace Lewis and play second fiddle. Again, mm-hmm. will it be the will it be the same approach with Lewis in the other car? I, I don't know, probably not. But regardless of what was said behind the, the, the scenes at that race, George came in, blew the whole world away and should have won that race twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all, only, only for the team being incompetent. For, there's no other word to say it. They were incompetent. Mm. They were like, they were half levels of incompetent at that race. It was embarrassing how bad they were. Um, and even still, he should have won the race twice. He overcame their stupidity and should have won the race twice. Bottas yeah. was nowhere. George, George was like, I don't care what any of you are saying. I'm in this black car now. I'm going to win this race. And he should have. And he impressed us all. And I think it's going to be exactly the same this year. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to him who's in the other car. And it's worth noting that the, the car seat will be fitted correctly. Yeah, It'll be, in, be the right boots. In, the right, in the right boots, the right overalls that are the absolute right size for him. So he won't be compromised in any way, shape mm-hmm. or form. Uh, it'll be very much a car designed around him and his com- and him being comfortable in it. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, and, and he was proven, he's proven over the last couple of seasons to be Mr. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that continues and we do see him taking some, uh, some, some, some at least pole positions um, I mean, if he if he does have to yield to to Hamilton, obviously on race day, it's it it'll be remain to be seen. But at least we'll get to see his confidence in the car and his his pure speed. For sure. I mean, the one final thing I'd say on that is you look back to Charles coming into Ferrari. Everybody assumed he's going to be Vettel's whipping boy, and he wasn't. Yeah. He simply wasn't. One Vettel had an off year for sure. But Charles came in and just blew him out of the water. He was not playing second fiddle. And that's in Ferrari. And Ferrari are known for playing first and seconds, especially with Sebastian Vettel, who had had it his way with Kimi at playing the second fiddle for so long. Uh, and then Mark Webber before that. So, you know, it's the, it's the champion mentality in all these young lads. Um, I can't see George accepting second fiddle at all. It doesn't matter what Toto Wolf says to him. He could threaten to send him off the Red Nook up again. I was just going to say that. Just going to say it. 
Well, let's move on to uh, the second uh, in the constructors last year, an unchanged lineup uh, at the Red Bull team with Max Verstappen, who will be wearing the number one uh, on his car this year as he was the championship winner. Uh, and of course, his teammate Sergio Perez, uh, the, 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 the fine Mexican driver. Um, that kind of showed us what he's made of in that last last race of the season. Uh, Elise, we'll go to you first. Max and Checo. Do do you think? I mean, Checo has said he wants to, you know, win a championship. He he, he wants to show he's, he's not that he's not just there to be the second driver. I think Checo did very much sit back last year and do his job. It's what Red Bull have wanted from a second driver for the past yep. five years. Mm-hmm. So I think they were very happy with that and. I do worry that if Checo was to go against that, how would Horner react? Would his seat be safe still? <laughs> but Checo's definitely got the ability to go for and some nutsy moves. So he's definitely got the capability to be a champion. Whether Red Bull would allow that, slightly different question. Mm, I agree. Yeah, Horner wouldn't necessarily want his golden boy to uh, to lose out, uh, to especially to lose points to his teammate. Coops, can you see Checo maybe trying to be a bit more dominant this year over over, over Max, or do you think he'll just, again, play the play the keen number two driver? It's very hard to be dominant against the driver when the car's designed against the driver you're trying to compete against. Yeah. Uh, and he struggled with it last year. He didn't perform the way that they, they... He did in certain races. Abu Dhabi is one of them. But in other times, he didn't. He was midfield. He was a few places further back than he should be. Not quite as bad as Bottas, I suppose. Uh, well, I mean, that's not so fair. That's, that's unfair because the Constructors was won by Mercedes, so obviously Bottas done a bit better. But mm. he's in a difficult situation. I mean, he's not quite... Need, he doesn't need to worry about Helmut Marko. I mean, that man brings in enough backing that another team will pick him up if he gets punted. You know, there's no question. You've got, a, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not an Alpine, but maybe Alpha Tauri, if Sonoda's not doing very well. Well, maybe not, actually. But, you know, you've got your Alphas, you've got your Haas, you've got further down the order that will look and go, how much? Oh, hold on a minute. Uh, so he's not got the fear, like maybe Gasly and Albon did, with Mr. Marco hanging over him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but he's in a very difficult situation. He won't, he won't challenge Verstappen. He'll be there or thereabouts, but you won't challenge him. There's even less. That's more unlikely than Russell. And Russell's got more chance to challenge than Hamilton than Perez has a challenge and must first happen. I don't know. Uh, I I think, uh, I, I believe I saw uh, an interview with Baxton said he's, you know, looking forward to a challenge with uh, with with Checo. Um, but, you know, that could but just, be before, the, just before the interview Bottas? itself. Hamilton yeah. was proud of Bottas. I mean, this is all words. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's he's looking forward to the challenge, what to the race to get the first coffee in the morning. Come on, <laughs> like, let's let's call a spade a spade here. Verstappen's only challenger in the grid is Hamilton, and Hamilton's only challenger in the grid is Verstappen. Maybe Russell. last year, that was last year. Now no, we're talking no, no, no. 2022 no, no, no. cars. <laughs> and can I just say to anyone listening, like it's not arrogant that Verstappen has took the number one because any driver is allowed to take the number one. Because he decided to take it doesn't mean he's arrogant. Hamilton didn't take it because he's got a very big marketing campaign around the number 44. It's all trademarked and it's all his thing. And he did have it in 2009 anyway. Um, And Hamilton's had it for pre-season testing. So he has driven a modern car with the number one on it. Mm -hmm. He just won't stick to it. But Verstappen is 100% allowed to do it. He might only get the chance once. That's true. There we go. 
you know, I, so these people that came out when we put in the post on Facebook and on our uh, internet and stuff like that to say that he's taken number one and they're a little, he's arrogant, he's stuck up. Like, well, when I watched it back in the day, when you won the championship, you got number one. But I watched it when it was zero and two, when the, num- when the number one, you know, when Prost re- re- retired as champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's allowed to have it. It's not arrogant. It's his right. So, yeah, let's move on. It's a number we're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Sean, I'm going to go to you and we're going to start to talk about the Ferrari pair uh, because we've got a really strong pairing. Again, an unchanged pairing mm-hmm. uh, in Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Uh, what are you looking forward to this year between those two? Well, for my money, this is the strongest pairing on the grid, the strongest Ferrari, the strongest pairing Ferrari have had in decades. Um, and I think last year just proved that more like they're such a well-balanced, they complement each other so, so well. I think last year, Carlos Sainz finally proved what a lot of us thought in him from like his early days, his Red Bull days, his, his Renault days, especially his McLaren days. And everyone thought, again, that he was going to Ferrari to be Charles Leclerc's whipping boy. And he just wasn't, not once. In fact, Charles was moved out of his way more often than not. Um, so I was super impressed by uh, Carlos Sainz last year. Wore a chili t-shirt every single race uh, to support him. <laughs> um, and I, I expect really big things from Ferrari this year. I mean, this is, last year was a good year for them. Finishing third in the championship was a, a big result. They needed that. I think I said it before. I think, I think they needed it more than McLaren did, which is why they kept developing that car. They brought in that new engine late in the season. Um, I think they needed it that little bit more, but I, 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 can, see, I can see if anything's going to shake up on the grid this year, I think it's Ferrari coming back out on top. Um, and, mm-hmm. If I'm going to call one way or the other, I'm not going to call if it's going to be Charles or Carlos who comes out on top of that. I think it's going to be a super exciting battle between them. I expect a lot. I expect Carlos to win his first race this year and more. Um, 100% expect Charles to be back on top of the podium as well. I I expect big things from Ferrari this year, and I think they'll deliver. Um, By far the strongest driver pairing, but by a big margin, actually, in my opinion. Elise, do you agree? Yeah, I definitely... Carlos is... He's a great driver, and he's not really been given the chance to show that over the past few years so the fact that ferrari has come out so well last year i don't think was necessarily expected but they did have a big debt dip technically they didn't have a great few years um and so the fact that they are now they're building up momentum they're getting back up there so it's definitely possible to see them i'm not sure i'm not sure i can see them winning the championship but I can definitely see them winning races. That's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping these new regulations will do, make it a closer field. So, yeah, absolutely. We want to see multiple winners uh, of, of races this year. So, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's all keep our fingers crossed for that. Um, could, you, could, you pick, could you pick a winner out of the two of them? If, you're gonna, if you had to put your money on one of the uh, Ferrari guys, who would you pick? I think it would be Carlos. Charles is their, Charles is their golden boy, but I mm-hmm. think Carlos is more aggressive. He's he's definitely got the fight in him a bit more this year, I think. Okay, well let's uh, let let's move on to the McLaren boys. Uh, as we've always said on this podcast, we're all not so secret McLaren fans. Uh, we've got a lovely we, shot of the 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 custom McLaren livery there behind you, Lise. Is that the the monocle? Oh, yes. Yeah, few a few of those up there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful car, um, but. The McLaren team, again, another unchanged team. Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris. Difficult to pick a number one out of there, but it's probably still Lando Norris. 
uh, being their number one driver. Can you see that remaining the same this year, Coops? Do you think uh, Lando will stay the number one driver? Do you think he will be the more dominant out of the two? Or do you think it's going to be back and forth? Uh, and again, hopefully, are we going to see lots of podiums between the two? Well, uh, you, it's hard to argue against Lando with the way he's been last year. Uh, a couple of years before it, when he was in Formula One, I always said that there's something not quite there for him to be considered as the championship com- com- uh, conversation. You know, we talked about Verstappen before he won. We've talked about George Russell being in there, Leclerc. Maybe Saints is getting himself in there. But not Lando. Last year, that changed. Mm. And I think when he came up against Ricardo uh, and basically just beat him, you know, everyone's opinion changed. However, I, I kind of hope that Ricardo beats him because if he doesn't, there's serious question marks about his longevity in Formula One. Ricardo needs to have a good year, uh, which is the exact opposite of Alpine, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ricardo had a, I mean, yes, he won. And the only team to ever won two in the whole of 2021 was McLaren. Shows you how bizarre the season was. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I have to say it, because I say it in every pod I'm in, the French Grand Prix was exciting. Uh, <laughs> best race of the year. Yep. Uh, so... I like Lando. I mean, right now I'm wearing one of these hats. I like Ricardo. I like McLaren. I don't have a preference over who wins. I couldn't care less. I mean, Tiller, you could be driving the McLaren. As long as you're driving the McLaren, I don't care. If you've won, you're in a McLaren. You know, the last driver I followed was Juan Pablo Montoya. So that shows you how well goats be. I just follow a it, team. It wouldn't be very quick if I was sitting in it. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> lose, lose a few pounds at first. What does this button do? Uh, aye, so, you know, I think. I want Ricardo to win purely because I like Ricardo, and if he's to be serious or to be considered a serious contender within the McLaren team and for everyone in Formula One, he needs to beat him. That's it. He needs to. If Lando beats him, we've got issues, basically. I just hope that car's competitive because I, I, I want Lando to. I, I personally want Lando to, 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 to win out of the pair. Uh, I think it's. But I do think it's quite a good head-to-head. Um, seeing obviously the young Lando against a, a kind of more uh, seasoned, uh, say one of the veterans of the of the, the pit lane actually now, uh, going head to head and seeing the back and forth and, and whatever, it just shows that the, the sheer skill that Lando does have behind the wheel. Um, I'll go back to Elise first. Are you, do you think the head to head is 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 close, or do you think Lando will kind of shoot off now? Uh, it'll be his fourth season this year uh, in F one. Obviously, he's he's the head, uh, the the poster boy for McLaren at the moment. Yeah, I I think the first few races will tell us a lot. Last year, it did take Daniel well to settle in. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people expect him to be at McLaren and be fast straight away. And I do think if he doesn't do that this year, then McLaren won't keep him. I think right. I completely agree. He has to show that he deserves to stay there, and whether that's through beating Norris or whether it's just through showing consistency it's, it's got to happen this year or he's going to be a question with how long he stays absolutely uh, Sean have you got anything to add about the McLaren boys uh, first off I think both of them made really good points there Coops and Elise I think um, Lando we all had sort of question marks of him yes he's a young talented British driver in the British team um, but there was uh, is he a midfield driver is he a championship contender I think last year he showed that given the right car he could be a championship contender um, mm. and Russia, Russia especially was a stunning drive mm. just faultless drive until he faltered at the end by not taking the the, the wets and whatever um, but uh 
Yeah, for Dan, for Daniel, um, I, I completely agree. This is kind of his last year. I, I'm a Daniel Ricciardo fan. I, I don't think I know anyone in Formula One who's a Formula One fan who isn't a Daniel Ricciardo fan because since, <laughs> de, since day one, when he rocked up for, what was it, HRT back in the day, his big curly mop and his big bracy teeth, um, his infectious <laughs> smile. We've all loved Daniel Ricciardo. And then he rocked up to Red Bull and wiped the floor with the reigning four-time champion. Just blew him mm. away. Uh, we all thought, this kid, this guy is properly good. Um has worked out for him because of Renault engines and then Renault engines and then more Renault engines. Um, but <laughs> la- la- last year, last year, the McLaren, yeah, as, as he said, took him a while to bet in. It was real thing on the brakes. The front brakes were not to his liking. They kind of fixed that a little bit later in the season. That helped him win in Monza, which obviously you need to be comfortable on the brakes to win in Monza. Um, mm. But again, that car was very much more so designed around Lando because they knew he was staying. They didn't know that Danny was... Uh, you know, an unknown quantity um, in when they were kind of updating that car. And obviously it was a carryover car from even further beyond. This year, the car will be much more designed to Daniel and Lando's, but it'll have traits of Daniel in it. I think the braking will be, especially in his chassis of the car, will be much more to his liking. The brake pressures, the brake pads, this, and all the things they can change individually, I think will be much more to his liking. Um I do expect a lot out of him this year. I think we all do. I think even he himself does probably knows that, you know, Lando, like I said, is a bit different. Lando, Lando could, Lando could finish eighth in this year's championship, but if Lewis Hamilton retires, I think he's still number one on Mercedes list. Do you know who's most, well, Max is probably number one, but Max is never going to Mercedes. Um, <laughs> just not going to happen. If, if Max ever leaves, he'll follow Seb and go to Ferrari. He'll never go to Mercedes. Um, I think Lando would be number one, their number one choice uh, to replace Lewis um, if, if it came to that. So he's safe in that knowledge. He's still really young. Danny, he has to perform this year. He has to uh, beat Lando and he has to win a couple more races. Like he, he has to even put himself in the conversation to get that Mercedes seat, even for a year if Lewis decides to pack it in tomorrow or at the end of this year. Um, I do expect big things from McLaren as well. I think everyone says, you know, the order is not going to be shaken up. Mercedes and Red Bull will still be miles ahead. I don't believe that for a millisecond. I think Ferrari and McLaren are both going to be right in there. I think both of them have done, obviously we don't know just yet, but I think just the way that you hear them talk uh, about their plans for this car, this year's car, this year's regulations, I, th- I, th- I think McLaren and Ferrari have really got their heads screwed on. The two teams have really restructured really cleverly over the past few years with the, the eye on this year to have all the ducks in a row, all their eggs in the basket. I think both of them will be well in the fight with Mercedes and Red Bull this year. And I think we'll see a lot of different winners between those eight drivers. Yeah, could it be 2000 and... Oh, I'm going to guess now. Was it 2011 where we saw seven races with seven 12. different... Uh, 2012, sorry. Seven, uh, seven races with seven different constructors and uh, on the on the top step, seven different drivers on the top step. Seven different drivers and seven different races culminating in Pastor Maldonado, of all people. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those were the days. Winning a race. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, let's, hope, w- let's hope for that sort of diversity this year on, on, the, on the podium. Well, I will say I don't expect Williams to win a race this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, for sure, I mean, I, 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 I see this year being quite like 2010 where there's five drivers from three different teams being right in the hunt till the pat till the like the, the end of the season. Um like Vettel didn't lead the championship until he won it that year. It was so close. I, I'm really hoping for something similar this year. Okay, well let's move on to the next uh, head-to-head um uh, for the teammates. 
Um, and we go to Alpine, I guess, is next. Um, the French Esteban Ocon and uh, the old hand himself, uh, Fernando Alonso. We'll go to you first, Elise. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that driver pairing? Are they strong? Uh, are they going to be competitive with each other? Are they going to be competitive with the rest of the field? I I thought this last year. I still think it this year. It's an odd pairing. They, they're quite similar drivers when you look at how they actually take on track. But, I mean, Esteban had his one win in Hungary, Hungary last year. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really expecting a repeat. Um, I do think this is Alonso's last year. He came in with the intent of experiencing a new car and then not really sticking around so I think he stayed for another year but next year he won't be here so he wants he wants a good season because he wants to go out with a bang so Alpine did have a good car last year and they were quite consistent and if they can keep that up I don't see why there won't be a big fight between those two and they they supported each other as best they could as best they could obviously Alonso uh, putting that superb drive keeping uh, Lewis Hamilton at bay uh, for, for many corners um, during Hungary. Uh, and then towards the latter part of the season when Alonso had his opportunity, you heard Alonso going, tell him to fight like a lion. You know, we're going to see a, a lot more of that camaraderie. They, they, they seem to have quite a good relationship, don't they? Yeah, I really hope that continues because, I mean, <laughs> there was all the Carlando fans. We, we needed, we need some more F1 bromances where they really get on with each other and help each other win. Yeah, absolutely. Coops, what, what are your thoughts on the Alpine team? Uh, it's, it's a strange one, as Elise has said. That I've never been a fan of Ocon, and I don't think the win in Hungary really did them any favours because Alpine aren't a team that were ready to win a Formula One race. You know, you can kind of rest on your laurels and think, oh, what we're doing is the right thing. Well, actually, no, you had Valtteri Bottas, a 10 pin bowling ball, you know, <laughs> knocked out half the team for you to win that. So, <laughs> you know, kind of. No, it's not quite what you think. Although, I mean, you could argue that with McLaren. McLaren won it on pace. They won it on luck. The, the, what I kind of touched on earlier about Alpine is that Oscar Piastri, who is one of the best talents to come out of F2 in the lower race, uh, you know, the lower championships in a long time, doesn't have a race seat, which is a scandal in itself. Uh, and he needs the team to not be good this year because if the team is good, and is fighting with Ferrari and is in amongst McLaren, Alonso will stick around because he's now got a car he can use to do what he does best. If they get a car that's crap, he will end up, he'll just be like, do you know what, he'll do what Elise, what Elise is saying, he'll just disappear. He'll be like, do you know what, I'm done. You know, I'm 41, I'll be 42, I'm out. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a strange situation. I don't have much hope for Alpine. Uh, Renault just seem to have, they have the budget, they have the resources, but never seem to use them right. And there's some stuff going on in the background, the management that seems to be a bit of an issue. So uh, I don't know. It's a strange one. But out of the two drivers, because obviously we're specifically talking about drivers today, um, can you see Alonso or Ocon being the the most dominant out of the two? Oh, it's, it's Alonso. Alonso's got a bromance with Ocon until Ocon gets sniffing around him and then he, Alonso becomes Alonso. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't leave teams all happy, you know. Alonso's, <laughs> you know, he's a very passionate Spanish man, you know, and he he puts his authority down very quickly if he feels he's getting pushed into a corner or he's getting threatened, and he's, you know, he. It's, I don't think there should be much of a question, but then I might be biased because I'm not a particularly big fan of Alcon, to be honest. 
Okay, uh, we'll go to the next team then. Uh, I'm trying to think who we are. Uh, Alpha Tauri. Um, at the Alpha Tauri, Scuderia Alpha Tauri team uh, with Pierre Gasly uh, and Yuki Tsunoda. Um, so it's an unchanged team. Of the Yuki Tsunoda last year obviously disappointed greatly, really, um, compared to what we thought going into the season that he was going to be before how, how he was going to be performing. Um, but Gasly, Mr. Consistent, was the one that basically carried the team uh, and, and got all, all the points that, that they, they really did have. Um, Sean, are you looking forward to seeing Yuki change, kind of ch- change his fortune? Uh, are you looking forward to, to Pierre Gasly again, stamping his authority on that team again? Yeah, so starting with Yuki, um, I, I was probably more disappointed than anyone because I watched him all through the previous two years in F2 and F3 and he was a special talent in the younger formula. He was so exciting to watch. He just, the way he was so smooth and yet so aggressive, he was almost like a perfect meld of Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton. Like he, he barely touched the steering wheel to turn through corners just like Button and yet if someone came up his inside, there was no way he was getting past them. Uh, they were getting past them. He was so good. And I've just reminded immediately of his fight in uh, uh, Bahrain um, in 2020, where he, where he won that race. That was a brilliant, brilliant drive. And I was expecting a lot more of that. He did disappoint a little bit. I can't really put my finger on why. Um, Helmut Marco uh, seems to have enough faith in him to keep him rather than give that seat back to Alex Albon which I think a lot of people might have been expecting to happen, although Marco just clearly doesn't like Alvin at all. It's a bit unfair, but Marco doesn't like anyone. Does he? Who does Mar- Marco likes Seb Vettel sometimes, and he likes Max Verstappen for now, until Max fecks off to Ferrari as well. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I do expect a bit more from Yuki. I, th- I think I think that the, a lot of people say, oh, the F1 cars, are they really that much different to F2? I think Yuki was a shining example of yes, they, they are a totally different animal. There, there's The only slight comparison is that the F2 cars with Red Bull logos look exactly like the Formula 1 cars because Red Bull have the same livery for everything. Um, so that's annoying. it. It's so annoying. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think, I think the, other two, the other two rookies, who I'm sure we'll touch on later, had the benefit of, well, they didn't have to perform that, that year. They just had to, you know try to not die in their the heap of crap that they were driving in. <laughs> Yuki had to perform. Yuki had to perform. And I, I kind of said it a few times last year, like that car was not great. It, it wasn't great. Pierre Gasly was great. Pierre Gasly was the driver of the season last year. He outperformed that, wildly outperformed that car. Yuki, I think maybe slightly underperformed that car. That car should have been maybe 10th, 9th and 10th in every race, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th in and around, like, on the fringes of the points, it was Gasly that was getting them the mid-levels of the points um, and knocking on the podiums. So, Sonoda, I don't think he underperformed as badly as everyone thinks he did, but I do expect more consistency in the points from him this year. Um, Otherwise, you know, there's a lot of young talents coming through the the Red Bull programme, as always, who will be chomping at the bit for that seat next year. Pierre, I, I, I don't think we need to say much more about Pierre. If Daniel Ricciardo leaves McLaren, Pierre Gasly will get that seat. He's not going up to the Red Bull team. I don't think he wants to go back up to the Red Bull team. Uh, I don't think he wants much more to do with Helmut Marko. He's in this Alpha Tower, proving that he is one of the most naturally gifted young drivers on that grid. So that Mercedes, Alpine, McLaren, Ferrari maybe are paying attention to him if something ever came up. And I think the only realistic shot is the McLaren seat if Danny goes. 
and he'd well deserve it. Elise, you were nodding your head quite a bit uh, to what Sean was saying. Uh, do, do you fully agree with what he's saying? Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to lie. I'm a massive Pierre Gasly fan. He is the consistency that he shows as a driver, as well as the respect on track. He knows when to be aggressive, and he knows when not to be aggressive. So, I would love to see him at McLaren. Um, I would also agree. I would not like to see him back at Red Bull. I don't think that would work. I, I just don't. He wouldn't have fun. He wouldn't enjoy it. The experience there in the past, the way that they talked about him on on Drive to Survive and in any interviews after he left was horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do agree that Sonoda had a really successful um, junior career. I would have loved to see him be the one to win that F2 championship because he was so close every single time. But I do think disappointed. He he was very much reminiscent of of a of almost of a young uh, Hamilton. Although Hamilton did was more consistent, he had his moments where he just needed to mature a bit. Mm. But I think I really hope we see that from him this year. And yeah, if he does, if he can mature this year and show that he deserves to stay, maybe Perez is seat in the future. But you you also follow F two and F three, don't you, Elise? Uh, so did you see yeah. Yuki coming up coming up through the ranks and did, did you have an opinion on him? I have to admit, I didn't really see him. He was one of the ones that I did not expect to come all the way up to F1, mostly because of his, his situation with sponsorship. He was always very open about it not being great. He had the support from the Honda the Honda Dream Academy, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. But he, he showed when he was younger that he knew how to be a racing driver. It just needed that finessing, which in Formula 2 he did but it's almost like he lost it when he came to Formula 1. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope he, he changes his fortunes this year, uh, this year and, sh- and kind of now he's he's had his year bedding in. Hopefully he will be a bit more consistent because I actually quite like Scuderia Alpha Tauri. They're, uh, they're a good team. Um, so they deserve to, to, to be certainly in higher points and, and, and scoring uh, a few podiums uh, and, and getting higher in the constructors. Um, let's move on then to the Aston Martin team. Um, again, another unchanged uh, team duo uh, with Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. Uh, Coops, we'll go straight to you. Um, what do you think Aston Martin's chances are this year? Well, better than this year or last season, uh, which couldn't be much worse, uh, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, they've got rid of Otmar Smith uh, Snap now. Uh, so they'll be no longer chatting Easy about for you the to say. Yes, yes. My, uh, my <laughs> tongue said no. My brain was like, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so there'll, there'll be no arguments about the the, the regulations. Uh, this is where we all giggle when I mention the next person's name. So we've got Mike Kraken, who <laughs> has, uh, from all intents and purposes, from when he worked at uh, BMW Motorsport, everyone's saying he has the respect. He knows how to be a team principal. He's a very good team principal. He's very good at what he does. There's some growing pains, I feel, from Aston Martin. Aston Martin, whereas everybody knows, Force India, who knew how to, who didn't cut the grass at the factory because they spent the money from cutting the grass somewhere on the car. They, that was how tight the budget was, and they always overperformed. So they've now went from having, you know, a couple of hundred folk, they're now at 400 brand new this, all this money. They're kind of like spoiled for choice in a sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they've got good connections. They've got the money. Uh, I do think it's Sebastian Vettel's last year in Formula One. 
I don't even if oh. they, even if they come third, I think Sebastian will be, I think he'll move on. I think he's 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 at the point in his life, he's got his family, he's got his kids, he's done what he needs to do, he's got other things, a bit like Hamilton actually. He's got other things he wants to enjoy. Uh, I think we'll see one more year. Uh, and I think that'll they'll, they'll, he'll move on. I think he only stayed because of the new regulations, and I think that's the same for Hamilton. I think that's the same for Alonso. They wanted to race the new car. And I think... Oh, Vettel, I'm not sure. I, I can see Seb staying around, personally, a bit longer. That's my own opinion, but... I was quite surprised. It, it dep- I, I was kind of surprised he stayed on this year, but again, it's the regulations. He's a racer. He wants to try it out. But... Mm. Uh, I mean, if they come out and the car's the same as last year, he'll do a, he'll do what Alonso did at Honda and retire. He'll go. You know what I mean? He'll make his mind up <laughs> by the time the Bahrain test is done. Like, catch you! <laughs> you know, he might, he might finish the season, but he'll check out. But, uh, you know, Lance Stroll is dependable. He's never going to go out and win a championship. But he's a dependable, he's a decent, solid driver. He's got some talent. He's put it in pole a couple of times. Probably should have won a race by now. Uh, but the team screwed it up. I think it was Turkey. He got pole and the team screwed up the... Uh, the tyre choices and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's okay. He's no if luck. Everything works out for him. He could win a race. He'll get consistently in the points if he's got a decent thing. He'll never win a championship. Out of the there. two, though, out of the two, who would you put, in, put your money on coming out on top this year? It's just Vettel. Okay. Yeah, are, are you in agreement with uh, Coops, Sean? Yeah, for the most part. I think uh, they're, they're well to be rid of Otmar Safnauer. Um, I've said a lot about him on this podcast. <laughs> I have no time for that man. I think he's one of the worst things happened for me. The one, and I pity Alpine. Um, and I see no good That's in there. Officially getting... been announced yet, people? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a breaking news. <laughs> give, give it an hour. Um, I'm saying it now because this podcast will be available in the future when he signs for them. Oh, um, right. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think everything Coop said. I, I Vettel, yeah, I think he wants to race the new the new cars. Obviously, same with Lewis, same with Alonso. Especially, we kind of touched on a few weeks ago on how we reckon, much like 2005, 2006, that car will be designed for him to the mm. complete detriment of Esteban Ocon, uh, who will really struggle uh, to match his style. But Fernando came back to that team to have the car literally molded to him. Seb will probably have expected something similar in in. Uh, Aston this year I think they might have been able to promise him that because you know, Lance doesn't really need to go win races to keep that seat I think Coops is dead right and I've said it before he is a, he's a dependable driver I think he's more than done enough to continue to, to have earned his spot in Formula 1 rather than just bought his spot in Formula 1 Stroll reminds me a lot of Sergio Perez to be perfectly honest um, okay. young driver did quite well in the junior series came into Formula 1 with a mountain of backing proved himself as a world-class midfield driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, th- and yeah. I, think, that, I think that's the, the, the fairest comparison. I think he's a good midfield driver. He's always a, a, a shoe-in for, uh, you know, a podium. He's, he, he can put himself there to get a podium. He is quick on his day. Perez is exactly the same. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stroll beat Perez's record for the longest amount of races without a win. Um mm-hmm. But uh, he, he's never going to win a race unless his his teammate is in front of him and his tire blows out, like Perez. Um, so <laughs> you know, but he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think he deserves to be sent off anywhere anytime soon. Seb, yeah, I I could maybe see him packing it in at the end of this year if things don't go well. I can't really see Alpine desi- or Aston designing a world beater this year. Yes, they're investing a lot of money. They're doing what Red Bull did in two thousand five. They're literally planning for 
almost the next phase of uh, kind of new regulations in 25, 26. Uh, I think that's their their real stepping stone goal. It's exact same with Red Bull when they first came in. They pumped mm-hmm. a load of money into what was a backmarker team, uh, moved it up the midfield, and then suddenly dominated. I could actually see Aston doing something very similar, um, but it's not going to be this year. Um, I don't think Seb's going to like this car too much. I think they'll be heavy. Uh, it will be packed with downforce, but I don't think it'll be the kind of downforce that suits him. He needs pure rear downforce. I don't know mm. how well these cars are going to provide that for him. Um, so, yeah, I'd hate to see Seb go, but I would rather see him go on his own terms than languish like Bottas is about to do, or like Kimmy did back in an alpha, just trundling around for the sake of it. He has way better other things to do. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the accolades. He is a four-time world champion. He's one of the all-time greats. So, yeah, it'd be sad to see him go, but I, I do think this would be his last year. I, I, I completely agree with Poops on that one. Okay, we'll move on to Williams because I'm conscious of time now. Uh, Williams are going to have a new lineup, uh, not completely new because we've got the old hand of uh, Nicholas Latifi, uh, but he's going to bring alongside him the ex Red Bull uh, and Toro Rosso driver, Alexander Albon. Um, Elise, are, are you looking forward to that driver pairing? Are you looking forward to seeing Albon back on the grid? Um, what do you think uh, their chances are against each other? Do you think uh, Latifi will be? better than Albon this year or do you think Albon will come in uh, a bit stronger uh, a bit stronger this year well it's it's not their first time being teammates I don't rather remember if it was F2 or F3 they were with each other but when they they were were consistent between them somebody was always on top slightly but it was never really fighting it was always because one person was ahead on pure merit Mm -hmm. so if Williams can provide them with the car I think they can provide good point possibly a podium maybe there might have to be some luck involved for them to get that but i like it as a pairing i'm glad to see album back i think he deserves another chance absolutely it's good to, uh, and it's good to see another although he doesn't identify as a as british but we we, we will we will still claim him uh, over here in britain um because he's obviously a british thai driver or thai british driver um it's good to see him back on the grid hopefully he'll be able to do something this year in in that williams car and the Williams were showing last year that they were, you know, pretty good at scoring points last year. They're pretty consistently in the points. It became a lot less of a surprise to see their name up there in the top 10. Um, so hopefully that momentum is still going forwards. Uh, Joss Capito is still steering the ship uh, in the right direction. And, and we, we get more consistently um, consistent points from, from the pairing. Uh, Coops, are you looking forward to seeing uh, Nicholas Latifi and Alexander Albon go toe-to-toe? Uh, yes. Uh, partly because I want to see what Albon does. I mean, his career was pretty much chewed up and spat out by the Red Bull Driver Academy and our old nemesis, Mr. Marco. Uh, <laughs> didn't do himself many favours, mind you. And I mean, I did say this last year. I mean, this guy, initially, he was part of the casualty from Ricardo leaving to go to Renault because mm. nobody was looking at him. He was testing a Formula E car and all of a sudden there was a space, no drivers, Albon was pulled in. Done reasonably okay at the old Toro Rosso. Uh, came into Red Bull far too early, and well, we all know where he is now. Uh, so it'll be good. He needs to have a good year. It, ne- it doesn't need to be spectacular, but it needs to be consistent. It needs to be solid. Latifi, he's just he's a bit like Giovinazzi. It's Mister No Personality. He goes in there, gets on with the job, 
does his mm-hmm. thing. He's a pleasant enough driver. I think he's he's a better driver than what we've seen because his teammate's been George Russell, and there's not many people that can stand up against George Russell. Uh, <laughs> so he'll they'll, they'll they'll be okay. I mean, if the car is, uh, I think Elise said there uh, uh, that they need a car that's going to be re- relatively decent that stays in amongst the top ten, maybe gets the occasional top ten qualifying, uh, and gives them something to compete with. Uh, I was a bit worried because there was rumour on on the old socials that the car wasn't ready, and that's why they were being quiet about the launch date. Uh, that they hadn't, it wasn't going to be ready for the shakedown test and things like that. But they've came out today, and you know they're launching on the fifteenth of February. So hopefully that was just rumour that wasn't really based in any kind of reality. Because uh, it happened mm-hmm. a few years ago, and you kind of hope they've learned from it. Uh, and if it happens again, what the hell are they doing? Because they shouldn't do that twice. Uh, and so close proximity. But anyway, yes, uh, it's it's really difficult to choose between the two of them. To be honest, I don't know. I think until I suppose until we see them in the cars uh, and the and the performance of Albon as he comes in again after a year uh, break from being obviously in Formula One. Um, I, I suppose Latifi will have the edge for the first couple of races at the, at the very least. I, th- I think early on in the season it's going to be Latifi, but I think Albon and his hunger and his determination to prove. Look, I'm a driver. I, sh- I deserve to be here. You know, mm. Red Bull was an anomaly. I think he might pip it by the end of the year. Or it could just be he's one of the unluckiest drivers in Formula 1. OK. Well, let, let's move on to the Alpha, the Alpha Romeo team. Um, that's got a, a new lineup of uh, Valtteri Bottas and Juan Yujo. Um, brand spanking new lineup. Uh, Bottas is obviously going to be the team leader there. He's going to take his wealth of experience from the Mercedes team, uh, Sean, uh, and then he's going to be hopefully teaching Guan Yu Zhou how to handle a Formula One car. Um, you're shaking your head there. Is that shaking your head at the fact that Guan Yu Zhou is there at all in the first place? Um, I know you had strong opinions of him taking his time, obviously, through. Uh, through the F2 and, and taking his time to actually reach uh, F1. Um, and Bottas, again, kind of just going to languish in the back there. I would not be surprised to see Alex, uh, Alfa Romeo finish last this season. Oh. Uh, it's a strong take. I think um, I think Haas, they have the benefit of, well, they didn't do a tap last year, so they have to score points, otherwise they're gone. It's as simple as that. They have to perform. I expect good things from Mick Schumacher this year. We'll touch on them later. Williams, I think they will have a, a, a good season this year. They showed good signs. Of, well, they beat Alfa Romeo last year already. Um, so that, that's that's already out the water. I think this is the worst driver lineup on the grid. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that right now. I'm saying strong, that right now. Strong words Woo-hoo. from Sean there. Strong the, the, words. Controversial. This is, this is partially because I don't rate either driver in that car, and I really rate Mick Schumacher. Um, and the reason I say this is, like you said, Guan Yu Zhou has not had a good junior career at all. Four years in Formula 2 and he finally gets a call up to Formula 1 because he's literally bought his way in. There's pay drivers and then there's pay drivers and he is definitely on the far end of that. He's, I won't say too much more because I might say something that we'd have to cut out and be inappropriate, but he doesn't deserve a seat in Formula 1. Oscar Piastri deserves that seat. Callum Eilat deserves that seat. Robert Schwartzman deserves that seat. There are so many drivers from Formula 2, especially who come through the Ferrari Academy and Alpha obviously have the close ties with Ferrari uh, that deserve that seat. Guan Yu Zhou is not one of them. And we've already said Valtteri Bottas can't overtake. It's as simple as that. <laughs> it, and it, he's going to be just, languishing in the back, so he's he, going to be likely there. He wouldn't need more. to exactly. overtake he, he, But he, he, couldn't, he couldn't overtake and make his way through the grid in the best Formula 1 car in history. 
where Lewis Hamilton could do it for fun. He what, made up, what, 25 places in Brazil mm. over the course of the weekend? <laughs> Well, um, Bottas was 14th for two yeah. and a half years. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that's where Bottas hasn't made 25 overtakes in seven years, in six years of Mercedes. <laughs> so I have zero expectations from this team whatsoever. I'm so disappointed in because Peter Sauber, that team usually is run very well. They brought in some absolute megastars and they've been very clever with their drivers in the past. I think immediately of the likes of Sergio Perez very nearly beating Fernando Alonso in Malaysia uh, with that stellar drive in that rubbish car with the Chelsea badge on it. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there's a throwback for you. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm so disappointed by this driver lineup. I have no expectations for it whatsoever. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm done. Let's go to someone who might have slightly less, uh, at least <laughs> a, a slightly slightly calmer uh, response to... Uh, <laughs> Talking about Alfa Romeo, uh, Elise, what, what what do you think uh, of Guan Yu Zhou and Valtteri Bottas? Or are you as, as, as kind of vehemently against I them mean, like uh, Sean is? I don't disagree. Um, Bottas has the defence of a wet paper towel. Uh, <laughs> and Guan Yu Zhou has <laughs> consistently been behind at least four of the drivers for his entire junior career. Um, however, I do think it's the setup for Theo Porsche. I think that's one of them at the end of this year will be leaving Alfa Romeo, possibly leaving F1, and that will be Porsche's seat. I don't. I think Guanajuato is very much a filler driver. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. That that, that kind of makes sense to what to what Sean was saying as well. Um. I, you know what? I don't. I I don't watch a lot of F2. Um. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe seeing seeing what Guanajuato's got got to, to got to prove. Maybe he's going to be one of those drivers that that kind of wasn't very strong in the junior formulas, but actually when, when, it, when push comes to shove, comes into the, uh, the, the, the elite kind of step of, uh, of motorsport and actually does prove everyone wrong. There, there have been people like that. Max Verstappen didn't even do F2. I will say that's, that was really harsh and I, I don't take back what I said. I have nothing against actually Guan Yu Zhou and Valtteri Bottas as people. They both actually seem like completely lovely humans. Guan Yu Zhou especially is extremely well-spoken. He always interviews well. Um, and he really seems like a lovely, lovely lad, but I just don't expect big things from this year or Valtteri. Okay, well, let's go to the last team on the grid then. Uh, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. Um, you've got some, you've got high hopes for, for Mick Schumacher, Sean. Uh, I think everyone has actually, and, and he's, he's one of these people that have actually gone into a, a, a formula uh, and maybe underperformed the first year and the second year is when he kind of hits the ground running and is more comfortable with cars. So I'm sure his legions of fans and every Michael Schumacher fan out of there is probably got their fingers crossed this year to see uh, Mick kind of hit the ground running and, and, and perform to, to the best of his ability this year. Um, do, do you think that's going to be the case? For, uh, yeah, Sean? I actually do. I, I think, um, I think last year, um, I think Nikita Mazepin was, to be fair to him a little bit, was really caught out by, one, the ch- jump up like like Yuki Tsunoda was, but also just how bad that Haas was, really was just an awful Formula One car by the standards of the day. Um, mm-hmm. So just to give him his fairness in that. But Mick Schumacher performed to the point that he's Ferrari's reserve driver for this year. So if either the boys catch COVID, we're going to see making a Ferrari. I don't hope that either the boys catch, that Charles or Carlos catch COVID, but... You know, Lewis did anything good happen, um, and I, 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 I can see him doing exactly what George Russell did in Mercedes if he gets that chance. 
Um, and yeah, no, I, th- I think last year was the absolute perfect scenario for Mick Schumacher, as odd as that sounds, considering he was languishing two seconds behind everyone else. He was still four seconds ahead of Mazepin. Um, but <laughs> Sean, you could be four seconds ahead of Mazepin. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you see my you see my hot laps. My, my, my hot laps on the Xbox on a controller are faster than his laps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, perfect scenario for him because exactly like you said, in Formula Two and Formula Three, his first season was less than stellar, and then that second season he won it. <laughs> and the way he won it was he it last uh, in Formula Two. He didn't win the most amount of races. I think he only won two races, one sprint and one feature in the whole season. He wasn't dominating from the front like Oscar Piastri did last season um but he was there all the time he was always on the podium even if he started 12th he was on the podium every single rep it was phenomenal his lewis hamilton can't replicate the consistency that mick schumacher had in his f2 championship year it was just spectacular and i i sincerely hope we see that this year i think it was the perfect scenario come in get used to the sport get used to the the new um, you know, processes don't get too used to the car because it will change. Here's the simulator. Get used to the simulator for next year and show us what you got. And that's why I think I think I think it would be if if we could divide it up. I think it would be Schumacher, Alfa Romeo, uh, Mazepin. But obviously, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but I, I I do I do think that's I I I, th- I think Mick Schumacher is going to have a really good year. Um, and I do the, the Haas I might touch on it. We've been a time for news at the end. Um. I know it was only a render, doesn't look overly impressive, but they had a whole, they literally designed this car longer than anyone else. They have to have something to show for it. They do have history. They came into the sport and really impressed everyone. They were podiums, d- double points finishes regularly. Um, so they have, they have the experience. They have the know-how to do it. It's just whether they can do it again. Coops, Nikita Mazepin, Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. What, what do you think this year's prospects are? I think Mick Schumacher probably will pep it. But I think Mazepin won't be as far behind. As Sean kind of said there, some, as much as we all joke about Mazepin, and okay, he made a bit of a balls up pre-season last year and caused a bit of an issue. Uh, he was the most hated man in Formula 1 before he even got behind the car uh, or in the car. Uh, behind the car is about how fast he was, though. Oh, that's very true. Sorry. <laughs> but... In Formula 2, he was a very capable driver. And then to come into Formula 1 and be so far off the pace, and something must have been, you know, there must have been some other stuff going on there. But, you know, he's got to get within a second regularly of my uh, of Mick Schumacher. Uh, I mean... Well, Daddy's not going to want to pay to see his son four seconds behind everyone forever, Daddy does, is he? Daddy doesn't care because he owns the ground you walk on, son. So he doesn't care. <laughs> You yeah, know, but he, it's, he it's will not going to be a great the... investment for, for to have four, uh, four seconds behind for a second year uh, in a row. It's it's just not going to look good. So he's got to he's got to do something. The man the man has more money than the strolls, and the strolls are worth three point nine billion dollars. He doesn't care. A Formula One team's <laughs> chump change to that man. If if they're crap this year, it will be Team Mazepin next year. They will he will buy that team. Uh, However, speaking of which, the team quickly before we have to uh, run off, uh, they have a new base which is independent from Ferrari. Mm, that's one true. Floppy bunny years in Maranello because Ferrari have had to get rid of a lot of fans, uh, fans, a lot of uh, staff due to the the budget cuts. Uh, so they've now been given over to Haas. Haas have got Simone Resta as a technical person. Uh, 
and also Delara, which is who make a lot of stuff, are now not as much of the design of the car. The car's been designed by Simone Resta and Haas, which is one of the first times that's happened. So there's a lot, and they've got a lot more technical people in there. Can't get any worse. And I think yeah, there was a, a recent interview with Gunter Steiner who, in 2021, they were in a box and they couldn't do anything to get out of the box because they decided they weren't doing anything with that car. Uh, however, if they turn up at the first race in Bahrain and they're still in the box and they're still drop back, they have the ability to deal with it and develop and change things, which means that over the course of the season, they can go where they need to go. Uh, so they have building blocks and they're doing it the smart way. Uh, so I think they'll be a lot closer and a lot further into the into where they need to be. I think they will probably swap with Alpha. Uh, Alpha do have Bottas in a technical sense to help them, but I think there's more going on behind the scenes at Haas than there is at Sauber. Uh, at Sauber or Alpha Romeo, because, well, I mean, it is still Sauber. The Alpha Romeo thing is just a sticker. Uh, so, yeah, I, st- I don't think it's going to change the running order between the drivers, but I think it should be closer, or it has to be closer, from my sake. Okay, I want to, just before I go, uh, I want everyone to pick a driver that they're most looking forward to seeing perform this year and it doesn't have to be one from the top team that you're going to think think is going to win the season but just one person that you're the most excited to watching race every single week so I'll go to Elise first um, who, who are you most looking forward to watching this year one driver at the whole field Yuki I think he, if he if he gets gets it sorted he'll be an exciting okay to yeah that's sounds good it, it certainly would be a surprise uh, and it'd be a good surprise to see him up there um, Coops, who are you looking forward to most seeing uh, develop as a driver be- become, you know, the driver that they are supposed to be becoming? Oh, George Russell. George Russell ah, in the okay. Mercedes. I just want to see how he'll be stepping up. We've saw a hint at it, but he, he hasn't been in the same car on the same piece of track as Hamilton. Hamilton's the old guard. He's the new one. He's hungry. He's ready for it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out, and it'll be interesting to see how Total manages it if it ends up becoming... Mm-hmm. A two way fight between them two in the championship. Yeah, and sh- not well. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They haven't had a good, a good. No, he doesn't. He, that, he, no. he doesn't have a good CV with that. Same question to to you then, Sean. Who who are you most looking forward to seeing this year? Uh, I mean, all of the top twelve, but one name. I've talked about him a good bit already. It's it's Mick Schumacher. I, I I think he's going to have a really really strong year. Whether the car is good or not, I think he's already impressed Ferrari enough to you know bring him closer into their family already. Um, and I think, as you said, he, he's very much, you know, the, the second season wonder. I think it's going to be a really good year for him. Uh, and I'm just going to pick Lando Norris because I'm a massive McLaren fan uh, and I've got a British bias. Uh, quite, It's been very consistent. And, you know, last year he really became the altogether driver that he was, uh, that, that he was, that he was going to be. Um, and this year I, I'm hoping to see that top step uh, be his uh, because that'll be it'd be great to see he he absolutely deserves the podium at uh, the top step of the podium he absolutely deserves that win uh, and the, the loads of champagne sprayed in his face all year because he, he's just been such a consistent driver um, I'm going to leave you with my three co-hosts I'm going to leave you with, with Coops and Sean and Elise uh, to discuss the news from this week. Thank you very much for listening to the uh, start of this podcast uh, where we spoke about the drivers. We're just going to talk about the the news that's dropped. Um, 
before I go, I want to obviously plug our socials. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and of course, we've got that Discord server. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com and hit the subscribe button on your podcast streaming service and get all of our latest breaking podcasts uh, in your earlobes as soon as they drop. So I'm going to leave you with my co-hosts to talk about the news. I have got a special um, one-on-one interview with Alex Brundle tomorrow or today uh, as you're listening to the podcast, um, and that will be streamed live over Facebook at 2 p.m. So tune in. Uh, And, of course, the repeats will be there as well uh, if you do listen to this after 2 p.m. Okay, well, thanks very much, and I'll I'll speak to you all later. Bye-bye. Okay, so now that James Tiller is off to earn some pennies, uh, we'll just quickly go over a wee bit of news. Uh, Sean, uh, I'll go to you first. So Formula One are talking about scrapping the driver kneeling for next season. Yes, they are. Um, now, I'm not going to get all political about what, what my own thoughts on this. Um, they have their reasons for it. I'll just quote what they said. Um, driver dealing to be scrapped for 2022. The exact quote is, the sport has instead vowed to build on the impact of the gesture, announcing on Thursday that it will extend its funding uh, commitment to the Formula One Engineering Scholarship Program for underrepresented groups until 2025 and will carry on screening an anti-racism message before every race. F1's re-races one branding will also be visible at each round. So essentially what they do, I think, I think to be perfectly honest, that, like that this is not a thing of, oh, we don't care about race anymore. It's not that at all. And actually continuing funding that program is, that is what they could do. And actually that's what Lewis Hamilton has been trying to get them to do uh, from day one of this, um, of, of trying to get more representation for um minorities in Formula One, but not minorities is the wrong word in this sense, but just diversify Formula One more, more than just the drivers, yeah. but, but the, the engineers, the backroom staff, the marketing, the chefs, the tr- truck drivers. It is very undiverse and has been forever. Um, and he, he, Lewis Hamilton wanted Formula One to commit to helping change that. And they're doing that. And I think that that is more important than the kneeling. Uh, not that I don't disagree with the kneeling. I don't. I think it was good. But I, I do agree with doing this. I think they kind of just want to streamline the the start of the races a little bit more again this season. And it does take up a bit of time. Uh, but Lewis Hamilton has said himself that he, he wouldn't be kneeling this year anyway. So I think that maybe kind of prompted him to say, right, well, we'll just kind of get rid of that part of it. Um the We Races one is continuing on. That's super important, I think. And the anti-racism message will continue, which is also super important. Um, so I, I actually think that's that's good. Um, I'm glad that they're 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 you know kind of stopping one thing, but they're not stopping their work for it. Uh they're they're if, if anything, they're gonna work harder towards uh having better representation in Formula One for black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, uh Women, I think, is a big thing that there's not there's not a lot of women in the background of Formula One. Um, so the more work they can do on all of that, the better. And that that that, that seems to be what they're doing. So I, I look forward to to seeing some good results come out of that. Yeah, I mean, personally, from my side, again, same as you, not going to get political because this isn't the place for it. But you know, the time for gestures has passed. We've had we've had the knee the kneeling. We've had the yes, we'll support. You know, it was brought in due to the kind of racist, the racism issues back a, a couple of years ago. It was then a diversity issue for last year. We need to move away from gesture and we need to see these organisations who say they're going to do something, do something. So they're going to fund this for the next five years. They're effectively putting people of an under, 
underrepresented groups. Underrepresented group. That's it. So it's it's uh, they're going to put one of these people, uh, one of the, the kind of the, the students, in with each team. They pay for everything, and they're going to do it for the next up until twenty twenty five. That's a and lot I'd of money. Beyond that, as they well, probably but, will. I'll keep that yeah. going, and they'll bring yeah. up other initiatives. Hamilton has been pushing that. Lewis Hamilton been pushing that for a while. Mm-hmm. It's only it's it, it's only a good thing. Uh, for sure. But yes, it's time to move, and they're not getting rid of the wee races one thing completely. They're going to put a kind of video package which involves all drivers prior to that. But the actual physical standing yeah. at the wee races one banner before the 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 whole you know. Uh, or after, I think it's after or before the national anthems at the race. That's not going to happen anymore. That, so that's, that, that's what they're getting rid of. But yeah, they've, yeah. they've said that the, the anti-racism messaging, we see all the drivers come on screen and say, you know, we stand against racism, we'll continue. And I think that's super important because that's the kind of message that needs to continue as a message. Um, they can work in the background, but I think that needs to be super visible uh, for sure. But the, and the We Races one branding will stay. They're not getting rid of that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's it's only a good thing, and I look forward to to uh, literally seeing the fruit. Like you said, the time for gesture thing is over. It's the time for action, very much so. And I, I look forward to the gestures from now on. Could be the results of these actions, I think, yes. which I think could be way more powerful and way more important. And that's it. things start as gestures, and then you either move on to an action, or it's just an empty gesture, and it for gets sure. forgotten about. Uh, so we'll move on to something slightly more fun. Uh, before we touch on anything else. So McLaren and Lego have came out with the first ever Lego Formula One car. Uh, Elise, do you like Lego? Uh, and will you buy it? Um, I plan on buying it. Whether I buy it immediately, another question. But um, yeah, I'm a massive Lego fan. My whole family is. Um, in fact, as you can't see it because it's off screen. I've got the McLaren Senna set literally right next to my shoulder. But it, what I think Lego and McLaren fit so well together, some other teams, there's a Mercedes set coming out as well, like a smaller one, is their W13 car, but it, it's needed. Like, there's all these others that Lego make, and there's been an F1 car. There'll be a lot of people that want to buy it, and it just shows that McLaren is the kind of all-ages team. Yes, they, they, they come out with the things. It's it's priced at £160. Pound. Uh, it's not bad, actually. It's not <laughs> bad. It's I don't know the size, but I've seen a video of it, and it looks like a reasonable size. You build up the engine, it, it, it steers. Uh, it's got the livery from this year, a wee bit. It's a nod. It's a kind of weird hybrid, because there's parts of it that look like the 2022 car parts mm-hmm. that aren't, but then I thought, I suppose you're limited because it's Lego. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's available from the 1st of March. Uh, and yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's, it's it's Lego. I think I want to say it's sixty-five centimeters long. I think it's around sixty-five centimeters long. Well, that's 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 a fair size. Uh, yeah. The other kind of bigger news that got that got dropped today uh, is Caitlyn Jenner is buying a team for the WCs. Now, I don't really watch Formula uh, Formula. I don't really watch reality TV. I should say. Uh, I know who the person is. Uh, I know she has money. I know she's a very big draw in the world of reality TV. Uh, I've heard that. I've seen a few tweets to say she's not a particularly nice person, but then I don't know. I can't really judge it. I'll say solely on the W Series and 
someone of the stature of Jenner, uh, uh, Caitlin Jenner coming in and buying a team, I mean, that's that can only be good, really. If you look at it out with any of the other, you know, the background stuff, you know, she has a lot of money. She's a name, very much a big name, uh, and she's going to have a, she's going to be there. It's going to open up a lot of doors for that series. Uh, I'll jump over to you first, Elise. Have you got anything to bring to that one? What do you? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I also do not know much about reality TV, but W is something that I've been following quite a lot um, for its for two seasons that it's been going. Um, it, I think it, we need the names in it, and even if it's a celebrity that maybe has a bit of a dodgy dodgy past or has said some things that maybe weren't quite right, people have. In F1, F1 drivers have said dodgy things in the past. So we'll see. I think W Series money doesn't help with development because it is a like a stock. Everyone has the same car. But bringing more money to W Series is going to give it the visibility it needs for those female drivers to be able to get the sponsorship and move out of it. Yes. I mean, you can, you, you need money and you need exposure. I think that's a big thing. So you need those two things. And if anything, that's what the Jenner name is going to do. It's, uh, it's going to bring exposure and it's going to bring uh, money. It's going to bring finance. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes and where that goes. I, I Like I say, I haven't, it, it kind of dropped while we were organising and coming on. So I don't know if, if it's a brand new team or whether it's buying into an existing team. I've heard both. I've seen both. So I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I know there's a connection uh, there anyway for next year. Uh, and finally, just quickly to touch on William, uh, the Williams team have launched, have not launched, they've released the date for the launch of the 2022 car, and that is the 15th of February. Uh, that is, that's them all done. Uh, every, every team has now announced the dates. Uh, this week we've got uh, Red Bull tomorrow, Aston Martin on Thursday, and McLaren on Friday. Uh, and I, I can't remember when the rest of them are after that. Uh, I think the latest is the 27th of February, which is Alfa Romeo, and everyone else kind of slotting in in between that. Uh, so that's us. All 10 teams have announced it, uh, and then the kind of the ball rolling starts tomorrow. Uh, what about you, Sean? Are you looking forward to seeing if the car's going to be the same for Red Bull tomorrow? The same level uh, as ever? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I know we, we know what it's going to look like. That's, that's not in doubt. It's been the same since, what, 2014. Um, they 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 they're worse than Porsche in terms of their design. Um, if Porsche ever come into Formula One, it's just going to look like a nine eleven, isn't it? Um, uh, I'm just trying to see if I can get the full listing of all the teams. So, Aston is the Red Bull will be today by the time this goes up the ninth. Aston the tenth, McLaren the eleventh, AlphaTauri the fourteenth, Ferrari the seventeenth, Mercedes the eighteenth, Alpine the twenty first, Alpha the twenty seventh. Uh, Haas have already done theirs, and William is the fi- Williams is the fifteenth. That was announced today, isn't that it? Uh, so we have them all. So hopefully, by the time everyone's listening to this, we'll be all giddy over the fact that we have a Red Bull uh, with the back with that shiny big number one. I think Haas kind of uh, stole their thunder a little bit by um, releasing the renders of their car um, the, earlier in the week because I think. Red Bull were only ever going to go one of two ways. They either wanted to be the last car to come out and show off the number one or the first car to come out and show off the number one. And Haas of all teams stole their thunder. I thought maybe Merck might, because uh, it seems like the kind of thing Total Wolf would do to Christian Horner. Um, <laughs> and there's other news about the two of them, of course. Um, but uh, no, I'm very excited for it. I think um, 
just even while we're talking about that, we might as well just quickly touch on the Haas, which was released, um, at least the, the renders of it. Um, I've been watching some, obviously, kind of tech review videos and stuff like that on it, giving them the breakdowns of it. This is not the car. It's, it's just not. It's literally the CAD design of their basest version of the car. Um, it looks very plain. It's pretty much the same livery, which is a little bit uninspired because they had all this time and they've come out and done it first. I mean, give us something. I am I, I don't like it, especially because it seems like they've gone out of their way to make the Russian flag more obvious on it. They've taken away color, put a super simplistic front wing so that the Russian flag, which is super obvious, is there front and center. Now, if last year's car caused controversy over this, this one has to raise some questions because it's, it's embarrassingly blatant. This is an American team, the American team, and it's just the Russian flag. It's really embarrassing. But anyway, the car is out. The, 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 the rear wing looks cool. The side pods are interesting. Um, but something that one of the tech videos I was watching, I think it was the race, was saying that the suspension is possibly fake. Because Haas get a lot of their parts from Ferrari still, the parts that they're allowed to get. And one of those parts they're allowed to get is their suspension. And the, the, the review of the thing that I said, and I'm looking at the image right now and you can see it, the front two straights of the suspension do, even on this CAD design, go into the, the, the nose cone. You can see them protrude into it. The, the, the wishbones up for what would look to be pushrod suspension don't. They literally just sit flush to the chassis. They don't go into it at all. Um, and some might say it's a CAD design, but other elements do. So they they just stuck it on. Now, this is obviously completely unproven, but it is theorized that what they're actually doing is hiding on Ferrari's orders what will be the actual Ferrari suspension, which is potentially going to be pole rod, which is a little bit unorthodox in Formula One, but could be something completely new, completely different. And Ferrari didn't want them to, you know, blow it all away now. Um, so that's interesting. We see, obviously, when we get to uh, Spain and Bahrain, what it actually looks like. But uh, I thought that was interesting, and there is basis for that possibly being true. So it could be really interesting. Ferrari could be, uh, it could maybe have found a bit of a golden nugget with some with their front suspension setup this year. It's it's going to be interesting. And I think again, uh, the the race done a really good kind of podcast as well on it. And Gary Anderson, who was also connected to Jordan back in the day in design cars, he does think that there is some basis for that to be the car because if mm-hmm. you look at the barge boards, there's quite a lot of fine detail to it. So he thinks that that is kind of the, as you say, it's a sort of, it'll, it'll, it'll evolve, but it is, in a, in the, a sense, the car. It's the template for that it's car. It's the template, yeah. It's not going to, it's, it's like most Formula One cars. It won't be the car that turns up in uh, Barcelona All for right. the shakedown test and it certainly will not be the final car that turns up at Bahrain for the test and then the Grand Prix. But it's good to see Finally, an official 2022 car, even if it is an uninspired livery. But we didn't we, expect anything less. Like. Yeah, the wheels do. look good. Yeah. Uh, and it is slightly different from the mock-up, the show car that Formula One brought out. It is actually slightly different, which is Yeah, I think because- the, the only thing that looks overtly similar to me um, is those little wheel wings over the wheels, which I think are a standard part on all cars to limit the weight off the front wheels. And the rear wing looks identical, but the front wing looks different. The side pods are radically different. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. It's good to already start to because I think a lot of people were maybe a bit worried that oh they're turning it into a spec series and there'd be no creativity and they've closed up all the loopholes, but very clearly not. Not that this I think is 
the, obviously the most dramatic version of it that we're going to see. But right off the bat, in the team that we probably expect the least from, we're seeing some quite noticeably different design, uh, I suppose, interpretations of these new rules, which is uh, exciting. So I, I'm really excited for, for Red Bull. I think uh, that, that, that's obviously the McLarens of the car I'm most excited for. But, yes. you know, the number one, the, it's going to be the, the number one back. It's, I quite like it. I'm an old traditionalist. I watched it when number one was always there. So, uh, Elise, just uh, quickly before we side off, and uh, any of the other reveals that are coming up, who are you looking forward to seeing uh, and who do you expect to maybe give us a surprise when it comes to kind of the livery? Uh, I, I think, I don't know, I think maybe the Aston Martin. Uh, I'd quite like hmm. to see that livery have the green and the, the like brighter yellow like they're doing in other racing series the pink was a bit boring last year it was very much a last minute add-on but an alpine the opposite of that are they going to have the pink who knows but i i definitely think the the half and the ferrari and i guess alfa romeo as well being kind of part of that family interesting to see what they're doing because it does seem like it's being very secretive mm. yeah i think from what we all gather, BWT aren't going to be with Aston Martin for this year. So the pink's going. And there was a discussion, I think, from even Aston Martin, that although in person and when it was standing still, the Aston Martin looked beautiful with the British racing green, the British racing green, sorry. But as soon as it started moving and you saw it on TV, it didn't stand out. It just looked like the Mercedes. It looked it just It was too dark, yeah. yeah. So I think they're yeah. going to have some changes. And they've also signed Aramco as their new title sponsor so and they're a kind of lighter green and blue corporate uh, mm. uh, uh, colour so I think they'll be they'll be different uh, I, li- I like your idea though Elise I, like the the, the Astons the Vantages the race in like Le Mans and uh, uh, British touring cars are beautiful that lighter green with the like the, the the lightning yellow like the shock yellow that'd be a cool that'd be a cool livery to see in Formula 1 I like yeah. that shout yeah it, that's, I think that was going to be it until the last minute BWT thing. I think the highlights for the pink were in, were going to be the highlighted kind of like, line. Like on the team uniforms. Yeah, because the, yeah. the, the uniforms came out with that highlighted yellow on the shoulders and then BWT mm-hmm. came in and they had to change it over. Do, uh, you think, do, do you think they'll go all highlighter yellow like their, uh, like their Le Mans car? I'd love to see it. I would love that. You would, you, it, 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 you would see it. <laughs> it would be yeah, noticeable. It yeah, you know, even those wee li- the wee lips in the top of the wi- uh, the top of the wheels get them like the bright highlighter yellow. You know, you're going to see it. Uh, I think that's us. I think we've caught up with anything. Does anybody else, uh, Sean? Do you have anything else that pops out, or you can think of just mentioning quickly before we sign off? Um, no, I think that's it. There has been no confirmation yet that Otmar Safnauer has signed for Alpine. Uh, just because of the end of the podcast, but uh, you know, he will. Um. It's amazing that it's taken so long. Considering... Vettel, Sebastian Vettel lost the race of champions to Sebastian Loeb. That was news. Not that that really matters, but that was news. Um, and yeah, that, that was that was kind of a, a, about it. Oscar, Oscar Piastri was talking a bit about his year on the sidelines with Alpi, but I think we kind of touched on that. That you know there there'll be a seat for him. You know Fernando's doing this year, and then he'll you know go retire and build up his karting school. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good. Smashing. Well, my name's Coops. Uh, I've been joined with Sean and Elise, uh, our Lord and Saviour, James Tellers, away earning money. 
Uh, so it just all it says to me, all it's left for me to do is say goodbye and we'll see you soon. So goodbye, Sean. Goodbye. Enjoy the Red Bull launch. We will, yeah. Elise, well, that was your first podcast. How did it go? Great fun. Awesome. Well, that's good. Glad to have you on and we will see you, no doubt, uh, in the future for plenty more. Well, my name is Jamie Cooper. This was the Everything F1 podcast and goodbye and good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.